0: Uh... Welcome in to DMVR Buffs Live, presented by the Colorado Exos. If you haven't checked out the Colorado Exos yet, their rugby team, um, and you should be following them. They're doing a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, Now is the time to tune into the DMVR Buffs or the DMVR Rugby podcast, the uh, DMVR Rugby Twitter account, all that that stuff, because Olympic Rugby is here, so check all that out. Our our man, Colton Strickler. Uh, I'm Henry Chisholm. I'm here with uh, the draft guy, Andre Simone, and we're talking Pac-12 Media Day. I'm a... in L.A., had a chance to talk to a whole bunch of football players, a whole bunch of football coaches today. Uh, we're going to have videos of my interviews with Dimitri Stanley and Nate Landman. Uh, it should be a
1: good time. How's it going it, back in Colorado, Dre? It's going well. It's a little hot. And because I'm a betting man and I even bet on the weather, I mm-hmm. assume that it's much cooler over there in Los Angeles where you are. It's feeling a
0: little toasty out here in Los Angeles. Maybe not as bad. I don't know. But uh, I am really sweaty and really excited to go home and take a shower after nine hours, ten hours here today. It's been a long time. Excellent. Well,
1: what'd you find out out there?
0: Well, uh, let's just start by going to the all-conference teams. I-, I-, I think that you know the big news today is that uh, those come out. Um, we get to see who the all-conference players are, the preseason media picks, uh, for the Pac-12 North and the Pac-12 South. I, I'm a voter, by the way, so if you don't like any of it, you might be able to blame me. Um, yep. But yeah, let, let's yep. just jump in with uh the uh all Pac-12 teams. And what's, what's mm-hmm. the first thing that stands out to you, Dre?
1: Well, from a Buff standpoint, I'm sure you were not too pleased to see Carson Wells excluded.
0: I couldn't believe it. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I didn't think there was a chance. I mean, so first of all, it does hurt his case that there's a, you know, it's a 4-3 defense that they make instead of a 3-4 defense. It's crazy. And so yeah. there's only three linebackers on each team, but
1: yeah, he Six wasn't on the first still.
0: team. He wasn't on the second team. He was an honorable mention linebacker after what? Leading the nation in tackles for loss last year per game, uh, sixth in sacks per game last season. Crazy crazy that he wasn't on there
1: yeah it's really pretty wild and um you can get into the 4-3-3-4 type stuff but a guy like drake jackson who's anything but you know uh an off-ball linebackers on that first team um probably the the more debatable inclusion in the first team there. But, I mean, I'd really start with the linebackers because it's a loaded group. You do have Devin Lloyd, Nate Landman, and Drake Jackson as your first teamers. Hard to argue against that group, um, especially when you have a guy like Noah Sewell, arguably the most talented freshman in the country uh-huh. in the linebacker spot as well. He's excluded from the first team. I, I know a lot of people in publications that had him as kind of a preseason defensive player of the year right there with his teammate Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, so he gets bumped down to the second team, but Carson being excluded is a, is a tough one to understand. Um, and, you know, he's got guys like Avery Roberts and uh, Edufuan Olufushiu, uh from Washington in front of him. I don't know, man. Um, hard to say yeah. that they deserve to be there in front of Wells.
0: Yeah, I mean... And that's the thing, and like I don't want to like bash guys, especially because there's still a couple of them sitting like right over there, um but yeah, you yeah. know to me, this was the group that I put together, except instead of Avery Roberts, it was Carson Wells um you know, it just sucked. you know a guy like Noah Sewell, you brought him up, he's just kind of the the sexy pick. he was a former what number two linebacker in the country, he's kind of a breakout player he mm-hmm what 260 pounds, but moves so much better than that. He's, he's just like this freak athlete. He's, he's a really good football player. He's a lot of fun to watch, but also you look at just the pure production from Carson Wells last year and what that defense mm-hmm. accomplished and mm-hmm. to yeah. not have him in any of those six spots. It's just really brutal.
1: Yeah. That's the bigger thing is what that defense accomplished last year, playing more games than most Pac-12 South teams. Mm-hmm. And not getting a ton of love. You do see Terrence Lang in there. Makai Blackman, which, man, um, like what a, what a transformation Makai Blackman's had since you've been covering this team, Hank. Yeah. It, he's, you know. he's, he's turning
0: into a lockdown guy. And, you know, I guess you guys will hear it later on, but when I had a chance to sit down and talk to Nate Landman, I asked him, like, one name on the defense, one guy who's going to step up, He said Christian Gonzalez. And so if you have Christian Gonzalez turning into, and you'll hear what Nate has to say, but Nate really praised that guy. If he's a number one lockdown corner and he fits that profile better, you know, he's longer, he's that type of athlete. All of a sudden you can move Makai Blackman around. He's going up against number two receivers. That secondary could really be devastating. And, you know, it it was nice to see Makai Blackman get a little bit of recognition because Mm -hmm. you see a lot of lists, Mm -hmm. a lot of different places where he's kind of the forgotten guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, if I had to bet, you know, who was going to be excluded from the all pack 12 second team Mm -hmm. um, in the preseason rankings, you know, I would have had Carson Wells as a strong, strong favorite over Makai Blackman.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Obviously Nate Landman, is first team, we, we touched on that. No surprise there. Terrence Lang getting second team, you know, he has all of the tools and he has mm-hmm. produced. It just comes in spurts. And for him, if, if, if he becomes that like every down type of player where he's just consistently wreaking havoc, you could totally see it. But, you know, I, I wasn't sure if Terrence Lang was going to make the cut here. Um, definitely excited to see him on this list. What an impressive group of defensive linemen, though. From Kayvon Thibodeau to Mika Tafua, Thomas Booker, who David Shaw today repeatedly said is one of the best defensive linemen in America. And it's kind of tough to argue against that. And mm-hmm. Jermaine Lole, one of my guys now at Arizona State. I... It's a good group of defensive linemen from the Pac-12 this year.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the, the linebackers are really strong, and uh, you've got some real versatility and some household names. Like Mikel Wright and uh you know Chase Lucas stand out yep. above all of those on top of <clears throat> everyone else you got in there. What about the offense, Hank? What mm-hmm. uh where did your rankings differ from from what ended up being the consensus here? I was so, I was happy to see the the running backs. I think most people from Colorado would be. Yep, yep. It, it makes
0: sense. Jarek, he's the reigning Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. He Mm -hmm. did so many different things, broke a bunch of records, was in all the national conversations for best running back. But still, when you get to today, you think, like, the media, you know, hasn't always (laughs) been in love with Colorado. And you could see him being snubbed, especially because there are some pretty impressive backs up there. Um, but Max Borgie gets in there, another Colorado guy. Then the second yep. team, CJ Verdell. Rashad White, though, from Arizona State. That was the interesting inclusion to me. Good running back for sure, but splitting time yes. with Trianum, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, there's a great running back, the one who made my ballot. Um, it was these three, but instead of uh, the Arizona State kid, it was... Uh, oh, what is his name? Is, is, it's not Zach Britton from uh, down at UCLA.
1: Um, oh wow good group there too mm-hmm. yeah no it's a really talented group and cj burdell deserves to be in there and uh i'd like to know who was your first team quarterback because keaton slovis okay i get <laughs> it um, yeah and Caleb, we I can scroll
0: up a little bit and see these uh it's you know a one b here it was and this is going to surprise you Dre, because Jaden daniels is my guy um mm-hmm. for those who don't know in the dnvr madden league I've been rolling with Jaden Daniels for I think I'm in my fifth season now.
1: Okay. And so,
0: you know, getting to go like watch him. I decided not to bring it up today. I figured that would be a weird thing to do. But, but yep. I'm a big fan of his game. I've had a lot of fun watching him. I still put him second, though. And we'll get into this a little bit more when we talk about the hmm. uh, the, the preseason, uh, all, uh, what are they, whatever they call it, the preseason poll, I guess. Um, I knocked him down because Arizona State, with herm edwards standing right over there it's a (laughs) it's a shady situation right now oh no uh, i mean you have to kind of expect that to impact them on the field right even if they're not gonna you know wipe out the coaching staff or whatever if if it's one a one b you give the a to the guys where it's just a little bit healthier situation
1: yeah, I mean Clay Helton's been on the uh, the hot seat for like most of our lifetimes, yep. and color me skeptical that this is the year USC figures it all out under Helton. Uh, so that that would be my slowest skepticism, but I I get you. And uh, okay. those situations, it either goes one of two ways. Seventy percent of the time, it just. <laughs> collapses and burns in catastrophic Uh fashion and then 30 percent of the time a team gets motivated by that kind of rally says hey it's out of our control (laughs) what we can't control is this yeah and uh you know they dedicate themselves to each other and whatever uh (laughs) i I will say
0: though seeing keaton slovis today not as Uh big as i expected like like Hmm. i saw him walking around i was like that's absolutely keaton slovis i know what he looks like like He's in uh-huh. good shape. Like football players, just like look different, you know. Yeah. But he's also like I, I would have expected a couple more inches on him. Um, that's more of like a draft pod conversation, maybe. But but that was one of my other takeaways today. Kayvon Thibodeau, really, really big. Keaton Slovis, surprisingly, not not that big.
1: Yeah, I see him listed at 205, You know, give or take something. That's pretty average yeah. size. Pretty average, right there. Yeah, um, it's average might have been a little bit generous there. I'll, I'll, I think that Brant Cuthy, the tight end out of Utah, being excluded from both first teams with Carson Wells is probably the biggest omission here. I'm not sure how that happens in a conference where most teams played five games last year at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, So to exclude a guy that the year prior to that was really a standout in the conference seems a bit off when, you know, Kate Otten of Washington and, uh, Greg Dulcich, They're kind of promises just like Koothie is at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's fair. And I think it also helps, you know, UCLA, they've put a couple of tight ends in the league recently. Uh, Washington, they must've, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but
1: yeah. Caleb Wilson came out very
0: recently. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. To me, though, I mean, this was the position where I was the most different than any of the others. Uh, you see Kate Otten and Greg Dolcich there. I had, uh, had Keithy one and I had Brady Russell from Colorado, too. And I know mean, I, right. a little bit of projection there with Brady for sure. But, you know, going back and watching that game, the, the one game he played last year, he was dominant. Five catches, 77 yards, doing a bunch of different things. Uh, he was catching little screen passes and making plays. He was being a little outlet underneath. He was stretching the mm-hmm. seam. He was picking up third mm-hmm. downs. He was going deep. So many different things. On top of that, what he's best at is blocking. And, you know, I really can't, like, knock somebody Great for, uh, like, leaving him off just because it was by far the best game of his career. Nobody put up that many yards since sure. 2012 from that position for CU but you see the pieces there. And if, if the idea here is that we pick the players we think are going to be, you know, the all pack 12 at the end of the year, I, I saw enough to believe.
1: Yeah, that's uh that's interesting. It's a great point. I hadn't thought but, uh, about that, but yeah, Russell could totally have the production to, you know, mm-hmm. even if these guys have maybe more NFL talent, you know, and go higher in the draft, as far as having more of a standout season, in the pack 12 um you know it, absolutely i think it's right there drake london i see no issue with uh, at wide receiver Though i think yep. mccoy could really blow up at usc this year um mm-hmm. and i don't know did you feel there were any notable omissions on the wide receiver <sighs> side i guess you know the problem with cu is you've got so much talent but who would you bet on to be the most productive? Uh, I guess Demetrius Stanley is out there, yep. right? So yep. CU is kind of betting that that would be the guy. But uh, you know, there'd be there'd be plenty of choices, and that might be what hurt a CU candidate at wide receiver in the All Conference team. Ab- absolutely,
0: and you know, this I think was my group. I'm trying to remember. I didn't have Johnny Johnson in there. I had somebody else, but I can't even remember who I wound up choosing. I think it was Renard Bell from Oregon State, but yeah. I'm pretty sure he actually tore his ACL in the last couple days. So they mm-hmm. might've taken him off anyway. Um, i KD Nixon
1: and a good more love. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I didn't get to, hype.
0: I was busy when Clay Hilton was talking. I wanted to ask him mm-hmm. about KD and, and see what the plan was there. Keaton too, I guess. But uh, Britton Covey, you, you, you know, he's, he's small. Yeah, yeah. But like slot guy, returner type. For sure another one that you look at and you're like, of all these really big football players walking around here. Right.
1: right. I, I honestly
0: checked. Cause I couldn't remember who they brought. And so I looked on the program. and was like, did they like bring a punter or something like a long snapper? Like, well, who is this guy? But I mean, he produces and I voted for him.
1: There you go. Yeah. Um,
0: you have any big offensive line takes or should we move? Or I guess before we get to the uh, preseason poll, we should probably take a quick break, but. Any other thoughts here?
1: No, just, I mean, Kirkland, Lucas are musts at tackle to have in the preseason. Some of the Mm -hmm. top offensive tackles in the entire country. Um, Mm Kind of crazy that uh, the Cal kid, Michael (laughs) Saiful retired after voting. So, you know, honestly, I'd fill that and have a revo there. And I wonder if any of CU's guys would get some love. But, you know... (laughs) And in, in the trenches, especially, like, geez, we had such little football played in this conference last year. It, it, I'm I'm happy with the ten we got, and I'm not going to nitpick too much. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> That's fair. Um, I guess be- before we move on to the break, should say Isaiah Lewis was a uh, honorable mention All Pac-12. Uh, I'm pretty sure that means you needed to get four votes out of thirty eight something like that. Um uh-huh. but he was honorable mention. Uh Brady Brady Russell actually wasn't honorable mention, which means well, maybe yeah. I'm crazy. But uh I thought there was one maybe. more. Near. Oh yeah, Carson Wells of course, honorable mention. The snub of the day, I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But hey, All it's right. more uh, locker room material. It's more billboard material. Yep.
0: Okay, let's uh let's knock out a couple ads. We'll hit this uh the preseason poll and then uh play those interviews they're on the way with dimitri stanley and nate landman had some really cool stuff to say saving those for the end um first though breckenridge brewery uh yep. those are our people down there a lot of really good beers can't go wrong whether it's the uh strawberry sky i feel like in the summer my my answer is always a strawberry sky it's like always that to go strawberry too. sky yeah
1: yeah it's summer in a can it's delicious
0: it doesn't is. overpower
1: I- you with the strawberry. It's a nice mm-hmm. lager, nice and light. sits well in your stomach. You can crush plenty. It's just good stuff. It's, it's a nice refresher. Do you guys realize we're in summer summer number three of Strawberry Sky already? Feels wow. like that was just yesterday. No, it was. Is our that third, right? It's our third yeah. Strawberry Sky summer. That is crazy. The third year anniversary, Strawberry mm-hmm. Sky. Wow. Yeah. If
0: you guys haven't checked it out, you can use the beer locator on Breckenridge Brewery's website. It'll send you to. Uh, it'll like tell you all the different places you can pick up whatever beer, seltzer it is that you want to try from Breckenridge. Uh, it's a great tool. Put it to good use because there's a lot of good stuff out there. Um, also, want to give a shout out to our friends over at Solace Meds. Yeah. Uh, They always take care of the DMVR family. They've got four locations uh, scattered all around. No matter where you are in Colorado, there's going to be one close to you. Um, And if you're at the DMVR bar, there's one really close to you, just a couple blocks Mm -hmm. away um, down uh, Colfax. Uh, They've got a bunch of awesome deals, as always. Um, wild night and day gummies, buy one, get one 50% off. All one is 25% off. All Open cured resin cartridges, 20% off. All Green Dot concentrates, 20% off. Uh, one to 11 Rosin cones, 20% off. So many really great deals going on. Plus, if you go to the Wheat Ridge location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the code DNVR. Um, if you, uh, you order online. You can use the code DMVR20 from any location and yep. get 20% off every single time. So definitely uh, hit up our great friends
1: over at Solace Meds. All those discounts lasting through July. So get yep. it in this week. Yep. Yep. And if you didn't like what you heard, there's going to be a
0: whole nother batch next week. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert. But yes. I, don't, I don't know how you could not like those, though. Okay. Um. <laughs> Cale, can we see this? Uh, all what, the preseason poll. I, I, I hate that. I hate how you have to say that. Um, I mean, big news here for Colorado. Obviously, they come in fifth in the South. Uh, you'll you'll hear Nate Landman's thoughts about that later on in the show. Um, he thinks it's wrong, though. Little little spoiler there. <laughs> um, outside of that, I mean, Dre, what stands out to you here?
1: Yeah. Um. Gosh, USC not surprisingly getting a ton of love. Mm-hmm. Oregon more surprisingly, to me at least, gave, getting a lot of love. Um, you know, when I I don't know if I was Washington, I'd take that as a little bit of a disrespect. You know, I mean, what's Oregon's lost a lot? They don't have a returning quarterback. You know, so USC's got that going for him. At least Arizona State's got that going for him. And I don't know how you could overlook Utah um, with kind of the track record they've had and going through those teams. And, you know, like UCLA ahead of the Buffs is just – It's brutal. It's nuts. I mean, considering what the Bruins and Buffs have been the last five years, the directions those programs have gone in, Mm -hmm. uh, you're just not really paying attention if that's your rankings. And just so, you know, we make sure. um, But, you know, that's the Vegas odds. Same thing. Plus twelve hundred UCLA to win the conference plus 3,500 for the Buffs to win the conference. Utah, though, plus 600. So at least Vegas is a little more in line with me on that. But again, Oregon, where's it coming from? Because they just, I mean, you know nothing about this next team outside of Thibodeau and Noah Sewell. You know nothing about that team.
0: And you do know, though, that there's just a bunch of four and five stars all over that roster. And, and every year the recruiting class is at the top of the Pac-12. You know, we talked about no. Noah Sewell no. being a, a great linebacker, being number two in his recruiting class. Well, number one is uh, Justin Flo, who also went to Oregon, and he's probably going to be on the field this year. Right. And so I think, right. you know, to me, that's, that's why I actually did put Oregon first because they have so yeah. much talent. Sure. They have so sure. much talent. And Washington, I think, has a couple of the same questions that Oregon has. You know, oh, big time. You lo- look at the quarterback spot. Um, Oregon, you know, you get to at least bank on all those running backs being productive and with an offensive line yeah. that, that's been right. good consistently. It's a lot of question marks, but it's consistently good and has been a since Mario Cristobal, an offensive line guy, uh, right. actually Bronco right. for just a minute back in the day, Bronco offensive lineman, Crazy. not for long, but uh, he's, he's that coach there.
1: So that was my logic. right. right. No, I I hear you. Um it, I mean it just goes to show you how wide open this conference is, by far the most open Power 5 conference because yeah. I would have I would have USC and Utah probably ahead of and Arizona State probably ahead of anyone in the north. Cuz I I really don't know what they're doing at quarterback out of out of work.
0: Yeah. Uh I'll also add UCLA actually got a first place vote. Unbelievable. What are we doing?
1: Unbelievable. What are we doing?
0: Unbelievable.
1: Um, but at least there's a quarterback returning there, which senior if you were to power problems, rank but... right. And I mean, you know, I was looking at the Heisman odds as well, which we have we have on the app now. Um and it's Slovis, Jaden Daniels, and then Dorian Thompson. It's those three guys and no one else from the Pac-12. So, okay, I get it. You know, you're, you're a bit star-centric. You, uh, you should get out of L.A. more if UCLA is your first team vote. Uh-huh. But, you know, qu- quarterbacks matter. Quarterbacks matter. I'm, I hope I'm the first person to tell you that. Tonight. Yeah, you definitely are. Good, Good. Um, awesome.
0: I'll Also throw in here, you know, Arizona State was a tough one for me to place. With everything that's going on over there, you know, sure. uh, they would have been my number one in that uh, division if not for, you know, the for, for those who don't know, I guess we're hinting at it a lot. A bunch yeah. of recruiting violations, bringing kids on campus during the recruiting dead period because of covid not allowed to do that. They're uh, they're in trouble. Um, so what do you do about that's that? Correct. You know, uh, do, do you that's knock correct. them down? from 1 to 2 from 2 to 3 it's it, it was really know. tough for me and i think i think i put them th- 3 or 4 it's hard though it's hard though like cuz i could see a lot of different things happening
1: are you worried herms going to be fired halfway through the season because the scant like the violations from the scandal come down and then
0: I I'm amazed it hasn't happened yet. (laughs) Like, like, and that's what throws the whole thing off is like, I thought that would have happened. Like I've had a lot of great experiences with Herman my life, which is a weird thing to be able to say, but I've had good experiences with Herman. I love the guy, but also with all that coming out, how is that staff not just cleared out? And now you're to the point where it's like, well, you don't, you don't do it now. That doesn't make any sense. Right? Like (laughs) it's, it's a, it's a tough situation. So, yeah. at the very least, I'm thinking it's got to be distracting, right? Like, there's going to be NCAA investigators just consistently in there talking to people.
1: Yeah. Well, can't how be how great. would you rank the South? Can't be great. I, I mean, you make <laughs> a great point. You know, um, I mean, I hate, I don't believe, like, my heart tells me. It's probably Utah, Arizona State, USC, Hmm. Colorado, and Clay Hilton's fired by week eight. Um, And yeah, you know, I'm with you. Arizona State's a really tough one to gauge. And Utah's like, wow, actually, last year was phenomenal for, I mean, you know, aside from the tragedy that happened um that you know it's a great year because we lost we lost a a stud at quarterback we lost a stud at running back we were able to develop guys we're still still going to be really tough on defense we're going to be really tough in the trenches we might have the best tight end in the in the conference we might have the Mm -hmm. the defensive player of the year in devin lloyd you know they're just gonna slow and steady teams go into their place, hate it. All these California teams, it sucks to go to Utah and play. It's the longest travel. The weather's horrible to adjust to. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I think Utah has some massive advantages with the kind of flux. The conference is going to have on paper. USC should be it because they've got so much talent. And like, this is the first year in a while where I wouldn't say, Oh man, USC's lost a lot of talent. Like, yeah, they, look, they've lost consecutive years, first-round offensive linemen. That's going to mm-hmm. hurt, blah, blah, blah. But if Slova stays healthy, the receiving core is going to be dynamic. You, so I good. could recruit running backs at USC. I, I mean, yeah. you're going to have, like, four and five stars just, like, you know, as walk-ons, essentially. Mm-hmm. The defense is going to be stout. Drake Jackson's a stud. They've got studs all over. So, you know, yep. they should win the South. But, again, they, they should have won the South. That's the narrative of the Pac-12 South for several years, and Clay Hilton's not doing it. And they're so bad, they can't even find a viable replacement at a program like that. Um, Yeah. So you if I'm stacking it all up, that is not where I would suggest people put their money on who wins the conference despite everything on paper adding up, you know? Yeah. And, And to me, so I look at Utah and say,
0: I don't think their ceiling's high enough. I, I, I like a all good the point. A it's lot a of what point. they have, but then you look back at what's happened in the Pac-12 the last four or five years, whatever, and it's been Utah in the championship game half the time, at least. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it it's going to be a really competitive Pac-12 South this year, and and I think the door is wide open for Colorado. You know that that opening schedule is tough, getting USC and Arizona mm-hmm. State right yeah. away. Yeah. But who knows? There's clouds hanging over Arizona State. You could totally see this USC team just blowing a game week one Mm -hmm. because they find ways to blow games. They also, I mean, I don't know. They, they they got the breaks last year. You know, they opened the season with what it's like a 28, 27 win or something against Arizona state where they score 14 points in the last three Mm -hmm. minutes because they convert an onside kick. and, And that's why they make it as far as they made it last year because of that. You know Here's what here's here's a team that I'm gonna look out for uh from the north. I think Stanford's underrated. I know 100%. that they've they've been a little bit down, but I mean, 100%. yeah, they were what like four and eight two years ago. Yeah, which is it's it, it was bad. And last year they had the tough start, they lost their first two games, but after that, put together four solid wins right. to end the year. Right. It's a weird year where there's there's no fall ball. Uh most schools wind up with Half as right. much spring ball as they usually get. And, and what is Stanford's strength? The coaches, yeah. the Lions, David and the Shaw, coaches, and that right. staff, and, mm-hmm. and giving them less time. Who's surprised that they, that they were slow starters? Totally. I, uh, cool. There's definitely reasons to be skeptical. Sure. You know, you do wonder, like, who scores the points and, yeah. and, and things like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do think that there's a world in which. Stanford is right
1: in this right at the very end. I agree completely. I mean, cause Washington's in mega flux mm-hmm. Oregon. We're going to see, I mean, Oregon's got like Oregon has that designer markup price, mm-hmm. but so far it's been sold at discount stores because mm-hmm. yeah, it's Nike quality, but what do you have to show for it? they need to Mm -hmm. prove that they can pump out pros year after year. And this, this new recruiting method of, of going after big dogs and they're bringing them in is going to work where you can have a team full of Noah Sewell's ready to contribute right away as freshmen, sophomores and just pick up where the guy left off to go to the pros. And it's just, you know, it's just Clemson, Alabama West, and they can churn them out. Show me, you can do that. And, uh, you know, oh, and I, honestly, I would buy Colorado a lot more if there wasn't this uncertainty at quarterback. Um, you know, fair. I bought what they Absolutely. had going on last year, and maybe Neuer didn't give him the highest ceiling, but he gave him a pretty high floor. I know. What do it's you have now? Replacing Neuer is a weird conversation <laughs>
0: because of there are plenty of weaknesses that you point to. And, and oh, some sure. of those you can kind of explain away by the shoulder injury he had in the second game and he's right. going into the right. locker room at the end of the season getting shot up in his throwing arm. That's not, right. that's not what you want. No. But also, I mean, he was still, what, there's 17 of 24. I've said this over and over again. 17 of 24 scoring touchdowns in the red zone last year. And Sam Neuer is a big reason why. So is Jarek. But going back to the Oregon thing, you reminded me the line of the day today. Uh, somebody asked Chip Kelly, what's the difference in college football from the time you're Oregon till till now? And he said, well, back then we had shiny helmets and we put five receivers on the field. Now everybody has shiny helmets and they put res- five receivers on the field.
1: So <laughs> that's, like, that's, that's, that's kind of it. That's kind of it. true. it's absolutely everyone is Oregon now. Yeah, that's right. Those uniforms
0: don't stand out nearly as much as they used to. You're not getting the recruiting benefits. Everybody's just gone full on spread speed, all that. I I like that guy. You know, David Shaw was talking about him too. We can get into some of this like general takeaways from the day stuff, I guess. But, But David Shaw brought it up. He said, you know, chip Kelly doesn't get nearly enough credit for what he did for college football. You know, whatever's happening is happening, but he changed the game and he's absolutely right. Yeah,
1: for sure. No, I mean, he really changed and he really made it. I mean, he he defined what that era of football became um, and especially like made it really consumable and embraced by younger folks, which as we were younger, as that was all going in, we got caught up in that, whether we wanted to or not, you know? So, yeah. um, Yeah, man. Yeah, no, that's really cool. That's cool that David Shaw says that too, because I think, frankly, I don't know that that man gets enough credit for the kind of stuff he's brought to college football and what have you. And, you know, as you were saying four and eight, two years ago, and we forgot what Shaw and prior to him, Harbaugh had built at Stanford. Since then, the last 10, 15 years, 4-8 and is an absolute aberration. If you just think that's going to become the norm at Stanford now, that they're just going to become what Stanford was in the early 2000s, pre-Harbaugh, I'd take you up on that bet. I'll I'll, I'll take David Sean, the foundation that those two staffs have built over, over a decade now that... It, we'll see a lot more bull appearances and uh, contending for a Pac-12 North than we're going to see four in eight years. Yeah,
0: I, I, I totally agree. Uh, you know, and probably outside of all the announcements, all the teams, all that kind of stuff, the, the other biggest news of the day, George Kleofkop, the the new Pac-12 commissioner, he said that they're implementing a new football strategic working group. And the idea is that they're going to basically reevaluate everything they do. And it's going to be uh, led by Merton Hanks, associate commissioner, as well as uh, all the head coaches, all of the athletic directors. And they're basically just going to go through one by one by one and say, this needs to change. And he brought up some examples like they have the nine game conference schedule. And he said himself. This does not give us our best chance of getting a team in a college football playoff. And that's what we're going to do is figure out what the best way to do that is. Um, also mention the, the kickoff times, you know, 8am, 9am, whatever kickoff times. I think that those might be gone after this working group. Uh, the,
1: what was really? the other <laughs> big one? The other big one was, uh, Oh, so I guess there's a focus on playoff. maximizing the product
0: absolutely and he said you know it's a kind of like a we have two goals here get teams into the college football playoff win national championships and when we go through all of this we are doing whatever gives us the best chance to do that Um, because he didn't seem to think that was what was happening before what do you think of that though nine game conference schedule gotta get Uh, rid of it right oh the other one was divisions that's right Getting rid of the divisions in the entire league. Oh, just take the gosh, top I two, love put that. them in the in the championship game.
1: Yep. I do love that. Yeah. Um there it, it the one thing is the divisions are kind of nice in the Pac-Twelve because it, it is like the one remaining conference where regional like there's actual mm-hmm. regional sense to yeah. how the divisions are split. Um, it's not just done at random. And then, you know, you run into the the championship game between the top two teams, just being a game that's been played already. But you run into that most years anyways. Um, No, I mean, that sounds like someone who understands where the PAC 12 is in, um, Mm -hmm. in the greater scheme of things. And what's it going to take for the conference's survival and viability going in the future? You know, Larry Scott just came at this from a completely different perspective. Yeah, they're trying to go into a new world, the media deals and how can we get creative with media deals and Mm -hmm. how can, you know, restructuring the Pac-12 and adding teams and all that stuff. It it was just a different world. Now you're faced with, you know, I mean, truly survival because that's on the table within the next five years. And are we going to be left out from the super conferences or will we be a super conference? And the only way to even... Get in the super conference conversation to me, Hank, is a lot more playoff appearances because right now yep. they're kind of the forgotten fun conference from the West, who only mm-hmm. people out west and even then a, mostly alumni of those schools or nerds like you and I, who you know, we're not Pac yeah. 12 alumni, but we we love college football and we think the Pac 12 is yep. as fun or maybe funner than any conference to watch. It is, but f- fun ain't selling tickets apparently, so we need a little more than
0: just fun. Yep, and it is so nice, it is a totally different approach. Um, it's great, just just in every way. I mean, even just yeah. the fact that you can come in and just kind of bash what happened before. You know, he got a question today it's like, What do you think of the distribution of the Pac 12 network? How's that going? And the Pac-12 network, as I'm sure you've heard, is in like 16 million households compared to like the Big Ten network in 60. It's impossible uh-huh. to get, you know, even me, myself, somebody <laughs> who only wants two channels. I want to be able to watch Altitude because the Rockies or the Avs and Nuggets. Uh-huh. We can, turns out they're not on there, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> and I want the Pac-12 network. There is no way for me it's to get those two, those two things together. Yeah, yeah. How is that a world we live in? But but, but the point is, he can just come in and say, um, let's see, I have the quote right here. There it is. I wish distribution was better. And then later on, he just said, just being honest, the distribution is not where I would like it to be. And just say that bluntly instead of talking around it and saying, well, we tried this and in the next couple years, but then to follow it up and say, well... The way the contract is written, there really isn't anything we can do right now. It's tough to get it anywhere else because there's just rules that we have to follow with the people that we've signed agreements with. Um, But we kind of just have to look forward to 2024 and set our fans' expectations for there. Then that's when we'll be able to reset the distribution. It's just like, okay, admit there's a problem. Give us a timeline.
1: Yeah, we're dealing with reality. We're not in some pack 12 palo alto like oh we're gonna do things way different than everyone else uh it's sports and entertainment man you don't need to redesign the wheel but you need more you you need more of a marquee product and marquee names whether that's teams or players to have to have more national appeal and go beyond the regional appeal which i think i think is great but what do I know? I also bring a very different perspective since I, you know, I'll I'll consume football in all forms.
0: You do. You do. Um, and the other big news, the other big conversation, realignment. And he was asked about it. Um, had some interesting things to say that the general tone was, we don't need to do that. We look at what we have now. We're happy with what we have now. He also said he thinks they're in a better position. If Oklahoma and Texas go to the sec, and read into that what you want. I read into it. The Big 12 was maybe a half step ahead of the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah. Because of those two teams, though, and now uh, now they're in trouble. Um, and I think no. he senses that, but he did say, we'll listen. And he, he kept every door open, asked, like, do you need AAU schools, research schools, secular schools, whatever. And he said, there's, there's no prerequisites we're just going to take a look and if they're worth it. And to me, I, I kind of agree with him. You know, you look at the way realignment has been going for the last couple of sessions. There's a lot of teams that get put into power five conferences, but not a lot that leave. You look at what the big 10 did, adding Michigan and Rutgers. And it's like, I bet they wish they hadn't done that. And if you look over it's like Oklahoma state, you can make a good case for Texas tech. You can make a good case for, a lot of the that's where it gets sketchy, and all of a sudden, you you might be stuck with uh, with uh some some schools you don't
1: want pretty quickly down the road. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, what's the what's the second shoe to drop? Kansas will be yep. very appealing. I think there'll be a bit of a bidding war over Kansas. Um, but you know, does the Big 12, in their attempt to survive, start poaching from the Mountain West, and that then create a void? to where the pac 12 can uh can get in on some mount west teams who maybe are more natural cultural and regional um fits but again it sounds like we're dealing with reality and practicality um and and, and facing some different obstacles than what larry scott was dealing with where it's mm-hmm. uh truly is you know do we want to be a con uh, A conference of principle and, um, you know, fitting certain institutions. Or do we want to be a conference that survives? And, uh, you know, uh, finding that perfect compromise is going to be quite important. For sure. Definitely. Um,
0: You know, and just a little bit more on that. Um, There was a Texas Tech report that came out and I actually haven't seen it for myself, um, but a reporter who asked the question basically said, so, so this report came out since you've been on the stage that Texas tech has been talking with the PAC 12 about potentially joining the PAC 12. Um, and I really liked what George had to say, you know, he'd said before, like we're not really getting into the weeds here, mm-hmm. but his answer to that was, we're not going to talk about any individual school. We're not going to negotiate in the media. That's just not the way we do business. What a great look. Just say we're yeah. we're keeping that to ourselves. We're not doing this here. I, I just love that.
1: And in a sense, he's also telling you, I am not telling you that we're not doing that. You definitely did not do that. <laughs> which is, which is great. And like What he said is great. What he didn't say is also maybe just as great. I totally um, agree. And frankly, Texas Tech, everything I've known about the Pac 12 to this day seems like an outlandish film. Outlandish. But who knows? You know, who knows? Who um, knows? I mean, they've got to go somewhere, right? Totally. And you know, how much are you murking things up for Texas if you take tech? And you know, how much do Texas yeah. lawmakers get involved? You know, how much are you just mucking it up for the others while you try to get yourself back on your feet. Absolutely. Absolutely. And
0: um, we'll finish this topic with this. Uh, The, I think the last question of the day was about um, basically saying, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, they're going to be moving the sec in one year, three years. Do you guys have like some sort of timeline for, for this stuff? And he said, it's a priority to consider all the alternatives that have been presented to us. And we will do that in a very timely manner. So mm-hmm. I do think this is going to be moving quickly because, I mean, that's that's what you expect. No, right? you have to. You have to.
1: You have to. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And so, you know, whether whether there are changes, whether there aren't changes. Yeah. I think I think we might be getting some news soon if if there is news that comes. And again, like I said, I could be convinced by Oklahoma State. Texas Tech is probably the other one that you look at and say, I could see how that would fit. They, they would add something instead of just being another team to, to say that you have another team. Um, I feel like Kansas is, is, is that. Kansas?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> it's just so tough. I mean, Kansas is just so different than anywhere else. You know, it's what typically basketball revenue is worth 10% of your TV deal. Yeah, Kansas offers nothing football wise. And, and do you take them because, you know, it's going to hurt you football wise, but basketball wise, they are the brand.
1: It's I a tough mean, conversation.
0: <clears throat> it's a tough conversation. They
1: have the money and resources and maybe a change of scenery could do mm-hmm. them a lot of good. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, outside of Notre Dame football, if you were to rank the entities that would be available Kansas basketball would be top four or five for me. Um yep. You know, so and how much does that raise the Pac-12 to become? Are you talking about it as the premier basketball conference? Is it still a step behind the Big Ten, but it's now in the conversation as the second best? I don't know, but it, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that'd be interesting for sure. Yeah. Well now with Texas and
0: Oklahoma and the sec, those are strong basketball programs going to a conference that has some strong basketball programs. The basketball yeah. side of things is pretty interesting
1: too. Yeah, It really is. It really is. There's a lot to figure out for sure. Yep.
0: Okay. So, uh, to everybody watching, we're having some issues getting the videos of the interviews. Mm. We'll, uh, we'll see if those come through uh, plan right now though, take one more real quick break touch on a couple of things that uh, Carl had to say today about the buffs, and then uh, get out of here. And if we can't get those up, we'll, we'll upload them to YouTube, we'll put them in the podcast version of this, all that kind of stuff. Um, kind of just have to play it by ear when the technology is not good. Um, but Unfortunate. before we get into what Carl had to say, got to give a shout-out to oh, Green Mountain Dental. Oh, Love yes. those people. Yes. So I, uh, I got here and, uh, realized very quickly that I had forgotten the pair of jeans I was going to wear. So I didn't have to wear athletic shorts around town and that mm. I had also forgotten my toothbrush. Oh, boy. and, uh, so here's the thing. So it was supposed to be like, if you're vaccinated, you, uh, you don't have to wear a mask today. Um, but LA County, like last week, whatever, went back to you have to wear a mask inside no matter what. And so I was like, well, you know what? We can deal with this later. I'm not waking up early to go get a toothbrush. So I'm I'm just gonna wear a mask anyway. It's not like anybody's mm-hmm. gonna know. Mm-hmm. Then I remember I'm doing interviews with my mask on. It's like, uh, and I don't think it's like that, but but the point is, don't be like me. Take care of your teeth. Green Mountain Dental will absolutely help you do it. They are uh Great people. They're huge Colorado yes, sports fans. Yes. They're a family-owned dentistry, so you feel good going there. Um, we've had a couple of our co-workers go there, we've had listeners go there, and everybody's had really great things to say about them and how much they care. That is the one thing you hear about the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you probably noticed on the boat at bottom of your screen, there is a really awesome deal that they've got going. Um, if you get a cleaning x-ray and exam from Green Mountain Dental you will get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush mm-hmm. basically pays for itself. Um, it's a great deal. It's like in Lakewood, 15 minutes away from downtown Denver. So if you're looking for somewhere to go get your teeth cleaned, that is the answer. Nice. Okay. Um, start with Nate Lamon. He is progressing. Well, I was going to let him say that for himself, um, but Carl also talked about it and said all the things we expect him to say. You know, he's a great leader. He's, uh, he's Nate. Like, we always expect him, expected him to be ahead of schedule. That's just who he is. Yeah. Personally, I'm not surprised either. I don't think anybody's surprised. It is good news, though. And uh, Nate told me that he, uh, he's going to – basically, he's ready to go. But Carl said – He'll be 100% by the middle of camp is, is the plan, uh, which is obviously huge news for the mm-hmm. Buffs with him coming off a torn Achilles just yeah nine months ago. Right.
1: That's going to be really big. And then Absolutely. what to expect from him, though?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is a question. And, again, I know which side I'm on. I am never going to doubt Nate Landman because it just seems like just in general a bad idea mm-hmm. um but it is true you know coming off an injury like that it's concerning yeah
1: yeah for sure that's uh uh-huh. it's not great but how early is in his recovery uh that's pretty promising
0: yep and uh, the other other quote we pull from uh carl talking about nate is this now the better, better oh yeah the better part of this thing is that we did build our defense through the portal and some other acquisitions on our team that he doesn't have to make every play, which is what he did the last couple of years. It's going to be good to have other players around him that are really good players that he can just do his job and allow for others to do theirs. That's, uh, that makes it sound like a couple of those transfers are going to be important no players kidding. for CU this year.
1: I wasn't expecting to hear something like that from Carl. Yeah, no kidding. He seems uh, pretty confident with the depth and uh, mm-hmm. some of these guys being able to contribute immediately. Yep. Um,
0: on the quarterbacks, obviously there's not anything new that's happened. Basically, mm-hmm. reiterate what we knew. It's a two-man competition between Brendan Lewis and J.T. Shrout. There's plenty to like about both of them. Um, he did say, though, they, want to, uh, they won't have a starter within the first couple of weeks of camp probably around somewhere in the middle of camp. He made it sound like maybe even later. And it seems like this is the sort of thing that always drags on to the end of camp, but who knows if somebody goes out there and wins it, maybe, maybe two weeks is at least when we start looking.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Um, talked a little bit about coaching receivers said that uh, it can be kind of tough on those guys because as he said, he's a hard ass receiver coach. And then apologized for using the word ass. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dimitri Stanley, by the way, did agree with that. Said, yes, Mm -hmm. he is intense. Um, Again, just a little tidbit there. Not much news. Uh Uh Happy about the new commissioner. Happy about all that process, all that kind of stuff um, that they're about to go through. Uh, Said very good things about Shannon Turley, the new strength coach, who was also uh hired the year or what the year before stanford's big turnaround and was there up until two years ago and took a year off and is now in boulder uh nate also had
1: good things to say to me about him which is what you want to hear yeah yeah no um, all all good stuff henry i guess what you'd expect from the from media availability you're not you're not exactly going to hear anything terrible. They're not going to tell no. you, like, boy, this five wide every play. This quarterback competition's been terrible, frankly. Uh, uh-huh. I'm worried at this point that we don't have a single viable quarterback for our team, let alone uh, one, you know. So, yeah, no, didn't say that. Good. That's
0: <laughs> but hey, great, great that they didn't. <laughs> All right. So, we don't have those interviews, we will put those up on YouTube. Uh, yeah. we'll. Be all over Twitter saying when that happens. Uh, sorry about that. And uh, they'll also be in the podcast version of this, um, which I guess I can get up pretty quickly because I have that audio. Um, so be on the lookout oh, for that. Uh, look for the uh, the tweet that comes out when the podcast is up. And at the end of that, right after me saying this right now, will be those two interviews with Demetri Stanley and Nate Landman. Yes. All right. Uh, that's going to be it for today. Thanks for doing this with me, Dre uh kale great work behind the scenes and uh i'll be back in town in a couple days i guess so i'm here with dimitri stanley uh what's up what have you guys been up to like the last couple days man uh, a lot of interviews a lot
2: of cameras a lot of talking yeah what do people (laughs) ask you um you know they you know they've actually been asking some outlandish type of questions really? kind of like yeah like nfl combine stuff no not Things even like- that like completely off topic type okay. stuff <laughs> like we've gotten questions about like our favorite halloween costumes like who would who would we want to uh on the, on our team to date our sister or something oh, wow. who what would? was your answer to that one i said i said the most logical person on our team would be anthony lyle and then yeah. Who, who, then, wait,
0: who would you choose to not date your sister? I feel like that's the Keith, better question. Keith
2: Miller. Easy. Really? Yeah, easy Seems course. like a good guy. Yeah, seems like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so, I mean, you uh, you didn't make the All-Pac-12 team?
2: I got, like, honorable mention. You or did? Something. Yeah.
0: What do you think of that?
2: Uh, I mean, we'll just see, I guess, right? I yeah. mean, yeah. It's kind of, I, I mean, I take it. I, I always kind of try and uh, work out and kind of try and play with that chip on my shoulder. Um, and that just gives me more of a chip, so.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess there's nothing you can do about it, but, no. but like, did did you expect it going into it? Because it does kind of seem like, like, I see you on Twitter, Makai Blackman the same way. Right. It's like you look at all the lists, and it's like people just – aren't paying attention like yeah. something. what do you think it is is it like a colorado I mean, thing what
2: oh for sure it's definitely a colorado thing we don't get nearly the amount of respect that we deserve uh and i guess part of the part of that is pretty much on us we just kind of gotta uh, play better so we open the eyes of some people and i feel like the texas a&m game definitely gives us a chance to do that minnesota game as well so uh we'll definitely have yeah. to perform for sure
0: you know you had uh you had sam last year and he was great But some of the things he was great at were like jumping up in the air and like kicking defenders and like jumping for that that kind of stuff. And later in the season with the shoulder injury, Mm. the ball wasn't in the air quite as much. You know, maybe that's some of a factor, but Mm. is that also kind of frustrating for you as a receiver? Like, even though there is the ground game you can lean on with Jarek doing the things he's doing, you do want to throw the ball around more, right?
2: Right. No, yeah, for sure. And and to win games in this conference, you're going to be able to, or you're going to have to be able to do both. Um so I think Sam's little shoulder injury kinda mm-hmm. did. It was a it was a little setback. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got two new fresh quarterbacks uh going into this season, so it's it's really just about getting that ball in the air, because uh, we got playmakers that can go up and get it so
0: Absolutely. And you know, you also uh do you have uh <laughs> it's you all go. good Um the uh, Pac-12 media days, I want to get back to that. Mm-hmm. Are there, like, when you see other players from other teams around,
1: mm-hmm. is
0: there, like, beef or something? Like, you guys get along? Like, what's that like? No, you know what's
2: been crazy is uh, a lot of these – we've been friendly with a lot of these dudes, and a lot of them are super cool. Huh. Uh, we actually went out and hung out after uh, all the pictures and everything last night with a couple of dudes uh, from Oregon State and uh, ASU, okay. so – um yeah, Jaden Daniels. Yeah. I yeah. mean Jaden didn't come along, but we were with Chase oh, okay. and everything. Oh, okay, so, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, it was a good time. Uh cool cool dudes and everything, so Yeah.
0: yeah. Is it uh is it like f- more fun or more like stressful doing this kind of stuff? Like like do you enjoy uh, talking into microphones and yeah. that kind of thing? I mean
2: it's it's fun to a certain extent. Oh. Uh this is something new to me, something I've never done. Okay. Uh so it's cool to kinda see the ins and outs of how the like behind the scenes yeah. of like the Pac-12 and everything uh, also seeing like how all uh, these other players from other schools act yep. and uh, what they think about it yeah um, but yeah it, it's pretty cool I guess it's the stressful piece of it uh, we're here we started at 7:30 in the morning and we're not finished to like 5 o'clock so it's
0: crazy yeah I mean and at the same time like you were chosen to represent the offense, too. Like, it's right. not like it's just, like, you, Dimitri, It's, like, yeah. <laughs> the entire CU. Like, yeah. it must mean something to you to, to, to be that guy.
2: I mean, um, definitely pretty cool. Definitely uh, yeah. an honor to be uh, chosen. Uh, I I thanked uh, Coach Durrell for sure, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just trying to do my best at representing our offense.
0: Yeah. And, you know, in that receiver's room, I mean, even last year, you were kind of the, the one guy with some experience in there, but even more so this year, Yeah, I feel like, especially yeah. after what you accomplished last year. Yeah, Do you enjoy taking on kind of that leadership role in there? Or, you know, back in the days where it was like Tony and Katie and Visca just handling all that kind of stuff. Was, mm-hmm. Is that easier?
2: Um, well, Love it. <laughs> it kind of... Uh, I, I like it. I enjoy it, actually. It's, it kind of is like a throwback to my senior year of high school, honestly, where I'm trying to mentor uh, freshman guys, and it's yeah. even more so because uh, Chase Penry came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of like a flashback to my senior year, his freshman year. It's kind of like the same thing now where I'm just trying to coach him and uh, give him some tricks to the trade. Okay.
0: If you, if you had to pick one guy in that room, like who's going to surprise people this year, just one, who would it be?
2: mm um. well besides myself I think That's probably one probably uh, Vontae okay why yeah, is that definitely definitely a dog on the field mm-hmm. uh, dude dude has unbelievable hands he's up there uh, routes are crazy um, yeah I mean he's he just he's just a dog he loves to compete uh, and, and it's gonna be fun to watch him
0: yeah there, there's some plays with him last year going back and watching where it, like he doesn't catch the ball, mm. but he goes up and gets like one hand on the ball. And You're like, it's really impressive he was able to do that. Yeah, and I can see how like if, if there's just that one little piece there, that, that could be what's missing.
2: No, yeah, for sure.
0: It's this, it's going to be a deep rotation though, right? You think? Um,
2: we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. We got we got a lot of we got a lot of talent in the wide receiver room. So yeah, uh, yeah, we we we'll see for sure.
0: Um, okay, before we go, I gotta ask you about the quarterbacks. No more Sam. You 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 worried about that?
2: Um, no, I'm not worried at all. I think they're both ready to step up at any yeah. given moment, so um, it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to see the outcome of that, and uh, I'm excited to see who does get that spot. So. Are you going
0: to be, like, playing favorites? No. Like, like dropping some balls or, like, no. running the wrong way to No?
2: No, definitely not. I mean, my my main job, I, I'm always thinking make the quarterbacks look good anyway, so. All right. Um, as long as they're throwing in my direction, I, I'm a I'm going to tr- do my best at making them look like they're doing the right thing. It doesn't matter if they're making the wrong read or something. they my direction. I'll try and make you right. So
0: Awesome. Yeah. Uh, appreciate you coming on. I'll see you in Boulder next week. Thank you. All right. I'm here at Pac-12 Media Day with DNVR athlete and Buffs linebacker. Buffs All-American linebacker, I should say, Nate sure. Landon. How's it going?
3: It's going great. Uh, it's been a busy morning. I'm excited yeah. to be here. You know, Dimitri's first time here. I've been here before, so um, I kind of knew what to expect. But uh, it's been a good time so far.
0: Is it, is it more or less fun um, than the first time?
3: Different hotel, different scene, different setting. Yeah. Um, uh, I personally like the first hotel better. It's a little bigger, a yep. little more room. Um, you know, But, I mean, same concept here, same, same things going on. So yeah. it, it's a good time.
0: Is it, like, mostly the same questions every year, or do they change at all?
3: Um, the first time I came, it was more about the 150th anniversary. Those are the kind of questions oh, we got. Yeah, yeah. And so this year they're kind of talking about, um, you know, what's special back about the Pac-12 and uh-huh. more conference questions okay. this year. Yeah.
0: What's your answer to that? What is special about the Pac-12?
3: Um, I usually answer it with, um, you know, Pac-12 does a great job. Combining academics with athletics, uh-huh. and we got a lot of prestigious universities, and you know we got everything from schools in California to the beach schools, and then you got schools in Arizona where you got different climate stuff. Then you yeah. got mountain schools like CU, and then uh, Washington schools. So I think like there's there's somewhere uh, for everyone in the Pac-12, yeah. which I think is unique.
0: I feel like that's uh, too many questions before I ask you about your Achilles.
3: It's all good. It is good. Yeah, no, my you can you can ask my about my Achilles no how's problem. How's
0: how how's your Achilles?
3: It's great dude. I feel amazing. Um you're not the only one to ask that question by I like the way. It. I'm gonna, um but yeah, rehab's going well. Um you know, the, the the training staff has got me right and even having Coach turley in there now as a new strength coach and yeah. um, he's taking a lead in my rehab and um, I trust him completely and I, I feel great. I've been I've been working out with the team and really um yeah, it's been a great summer.
0: How far are you from like being full speed again?
3: Um, so I, I've been been tracked on my GPS and everything, and um, you know I feel 100%. They uh-huh. might not tell you that I, I'm probably <laughs> 95% just because they want to keep me back a little bit mm-hmm. and protect me from myself. But um, I should be my helmet should be on first day of camp. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's exciting. That that's not a very long recovery.
3: Oh uh, no, it's been oh it's December 15th I think was my surgery, so yeah. say eight months maybe. Eight Is months? that yeah.
0: what they expected in the beginning? like when this process started?
3: Yeah, um, so there's been a new, it's been a new type of surgery that just came out in the last year, year and a half. Um, Less invasive, less scar tissue that you have to break down. Okay. Um, And yeah, I mean, I was told either anywhere from seven to eight months to nine to 10 to even over a year. Um, But it's different from each person, you know, people respond differently to rehab and and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's been going well.
0: I saw that there was like a, I think it was a Russian gymnast and they, they won gold, and he was, like, the key three guy months. or something? Yeah. Yeah, and he yeah, came back in, like, out. three months. It was yeah, three I've, months ago he had the surgery.
3: Yeah, that's crazy to me because I was I was barely going upstairs at, at three months. So <laughs> all props to oh, him.
0: Wow. So so you decided to come back for one more year, oh. uh, obviously. I think people picked up on that. Uh, how much was the Achilles a factor in that decision?
3: Oh, it was everything. I, mean, I so, bet, yeah. yeah. So um, everything at first, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean – Again, I have a healthy season, and I I finished that Utah game, and um, make a decision on the bowl game or whatever. But um, after that, I'm I'm going to the league, given that I'm healthy. But um, tearing the Achilles, you know, it happened. It was unfortunate in that moment, and um, but I've come to terms with it, and I've accepted it. And you know, it may be a blessing in disguise. We'll see. We'll see what all comes out from it. It may be a positive thing um, in the end. So, um, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use it as a shortcoming. I'm gonna use it as something that I can step step on and. i'm used to as my advantage
0: so uh the defense is going to change a bit this year tyson summers is gone but beyond being the uh, defensive coordinator he was also your position coach last year yeah you've got a new position coach this year Yeah. what's that transition like for somebody like you who's who's been around for a while and obviously you kind of know your stuff when it comes to playing linebacker
3: yeah i mean it's been it's been a transition but not something i'm used to right this is my Mm -hmm. what's gonna be my third dc and third position coach yeah maybe even fourth um but, you know, it's, it's, it's something I'm used to, and, and it's, it's about the game. It's about football, and um, I think that kind of adds a certain aspect to my game of being able to adapt in those situations and mm-hmm. learn a new defense and, and be able to lead, lead another defense. Um, uh, but, you know, being an older guy with, with that experience, I, I, think, I think it should be fine, and um, I'm excited to play under these coaches. Uh, I, I love Coach Smith, my new position coach, and and I'm, yeah. I'm sure Coach Wilson will do a great job um, at DC. Yeah, I've seen.
0: I've, I've I don't think I have met Mark Smith yet. I, I definitely haven't in person, but I've seen him on Twitter a lot. Yeah, and he is hilarious. Yeah,
3: I know he's a great guy. Yeah, um, great family too, and mm-hmm. um, you know he puts us our interests first, and um, he's all about he's all about football, and he's all he's all in it, and uh, he's just a great guy.
0: Yeah. Uh, so. I guess Chris Wilson won't call it a 3-4. He says it's like versatile. But it does seem like it's probably going to be pretty similar. There's going to yeah. be another inside linebacker next to you. For sure. Akeel Jones is gone. Mm-hmm. What's it like having kind of like a revolving door? I guess you haven't been practicing much. But, but when that is going on next to you, trying to build chemistry with somebody.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, me, me and Akeel had great chemistry. I also yeah. played with Van Vandista a while, yep. too. So, um, you know, I'm used, to, I'm used to that rotation. But. I think it all just comes down to trust, and, and I mean, I trust those guys' preparation. And mm-hmm. throughout camp, and throughout you know that week coming up to the game, um, they'll be with me, working with me, and yep. so uh, you know I'm not too worried about who I'll mesh with and who's played next to me. I think uh, I think wh- whoever is meant to play that week will play that week, so um, and they'll play great. I mean, I trust I'll trust every, anybody who plays next to me for sure.
0: All right, uh, before I let you go. One name on the defense, somebody who's going to surprise us this year?
3: Um, I think Gonzo. I think Gonzo, okay. I mean, he's got, everybody knows his potential, but I think he's going to have um, probably the craziest year in the Pac 12 out of anybody. Really? Yeah. So you
0: have him, you have Makai back there. We have Makai. Safeties are solid. I yeah. mean, the defense looks on paper like it should be pretty good, right? That must be exciting for you knowing yeah. the potential that's out there, especially when you have Jarek and everything going on in offense, too.
3: For sure. I think, I think. I mean, I don't want to even say it's not a surprise to us, but I think we'll surprise a lot of people um, like we always do. So um, I'm excited for the year coming up. Pick
0: fifth in the Pac-12 South. You think that was where you should be?
3: Uh, No comment on that. No
0: comment. Awesome. We'll leave it at that. Awesome. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. Have fun with uh, all your interviews. Hopefully you get asked some new questions.
3: Yes, sir. Thank you.
0: Yeah.